in her middle of her conversation, I'll just grab her mouth and just like start making out with her and then just walk away without saying anything, you know? So <laughs> virtual reality. Hi, I'm Danny. And I'm Evan. And this week, I mean, the Vanderpump Rules cast, they really have put scandals and podcasting back on the map in a way. It hasn't been in a minute because we're getting live updates from them. Like every time I refresh my Apple or my Spotify, Evan, because Lala's given us Lala and then some. <laughs> well, and I really appreciate Lala for, for keeping us updated because she very celebratory, celebratorily yeah. let us know that Ariana and that hot guy, Daniel, uh, they got it in. So she's like, heartbreak what? I know. Like, I'm solid. <laughs> I'm banging a fine looking man. It's sort of like all the Vanderpump cast has kind of become Bravo blogs in the sense that they're like, did you get, because like everyone was posting Ariana at Coachella and et cetera. And then I love that Lala was like, guys, did you see Ariana at Coachella? <laughs> and then also that she is uh, thriving. She said that she's banging a fine looking man. I mean, look at her. I'm also curious to see if she and this guy end up being like a thing, if it's not just a fling, like I, they look great together. So I, I'm crossing my fingers. I would love that for her. And also, of course, I want to see him on the show. Uh, on I the hope show, he's a little bit more than Satchel. The Satchel's a little silent. The yes. is silent and so is the actual. Yeah. Yeah, Satchel, Satchel is a little silent. I gotta say like Satchel, I don't, I don't know if I'm assessing his energy correctly but he doesn't seem like he fits in with the group just I don't know if I if I see that for him in his future but maybe that's what attracted Katie to him was that he didn't seem like your regular pump rules kid that's true and it, it like he kind of was just a nice little change of scenery for her and he was very nice just kind of like holding her while she was in 500 fights of this week's episode because uh, this was one for the books. Oh my god! Wait, yeah, I like my eyes were darting like across the screen because there was a lot to keep up with. There were a lot of feuds, and Schwartz, who has been at the center of a lot of drama this season with Raquel and everything, he's not typically involved in screaming matches or like potentially maybe almost violent interactions but he got a drink thrown on him and then he got annihilated verbally by Lala within like the same 10 minutes I'd rather have 800 drinks thrown at me than Lala looking me up and down and giving me one insult because I could dry clean a shirt I could never recover from like Lala assessing my weakness and dragging it out <laughs> I like I was the the image of a Schwartz like cornered in the booth just eating a chicken wing <laughs> as she's like standing over him just going at him talking about don't come forgive them Lala that is my oh. business what so puts food on the table for little baby ocean so yeah, when you open up a business I could buy something and let me know like she was not holding back and she called him a farm animal so but what did you think of the the Schwartz and James drink wing <sighs> moment I feel like Mm -hmm. I, and, and I also feel like Ali feels like this, is that it is just like pent up aggression at Schwartz for going after his ex. Uh, 2000%. But I feel it's that. So it's like you just made out with James's ex. And now you're going to do a little joke about their failed engagement. Engagement thing while you're next to his ex that he only invited to be nice. I, was Schwartz rocking a boat a little bit? trying to do his little cutesy, as Lala called him, a basset hound, and then realize like, 
oh, I forget words have consequences. So do I think James overreacted? Yeah. Do I think he was warranted to throw the drink? 2000%. <laughs> and it was like interesting watching Schwartz's face after the drink was thrown at him because I think that he, like he was processing. He was like, wait, I really just got like a drink thrown yeah. in my face. How did we, how did we get here? And then I think that as like James was sort of like circling the crew and yelling in British and like in British <laughs> figuring out how he felt about the moment you could see Schwartz kind of thinking to himself like wait how should I like really react and then Schwartz kind of like puffed out his chest a little bit oh. and was like, if you do that again it's not gonna be good for you and then James is over here like okay fat man and I'm like oh my god <laughs> James you know what happens when you body shame people don't you remember you and Lala at the Mondrian talking about summer bodies we don't do that yeah I mm, yeah and I mean Schwartz was talking a lot he was like I'll put you in a headlock I've seen you throw drinks at Stasi. I th- I don't know where I don't know where this headlock energy is coming from but I, I know like they- Schwartz putting someone in a headlock is like him giving you a noogie it's really it's really cringe but I think his true colors are showing a little bit so I feel Katie is watching this episode probably like good people are yelling at him for once uh because this is what I've been wanting people to do for a while the antics because it, it did piss me off when Lala was storming off and he's like, you're a good mom. Cause it did feel passive aggressive. Yeah. And he was kind of smirking when he said it, like almost laughing. And I, I hope he meant it because I think Lala is a great mom oh, and I'm sure so lucky to have her. So I hope that he wasn't being facetious because what he was saying didn't match up with the expressions on his face. Also, I don't know if you caught this Danny, but when they all kind of came to the beach bar and Katie was like, oh my God, the reason why we went to the beach bar was to get away from everyone. And then they came, they sat around and Katie wasn't really saying hello or acknowledging him. And then she was like, I don't F with you. And then kind of quietly under his breath, he was like, I don't miss Katie at all. Like, I'm so glad. Like, I don't miss her at all. In any way, shape or form. Yeah, it felt like, I don't know. It felt like we we lost the the Basset Hound facade mm-hmm. for a moment. And like you said, it's it's almost like his some of his truer colors are starting to like peek out a little bit. It was a big episode for peek outs because it also was the episode where Sandoval was confronted about pre-Scandoval Raquel rumors. I'm like, Abby, we know everybody there. It's not a place where I would take a secret rendezvous. And he even said to the producers in a confessional point blank, like, nothing's going, I haven't done anything with Raquel that I wouldn't do with Katie. Well, Katie even said previously that she's never been to the Abbey at 1 a.m. Dancing dancing alone. So yeah, it was kind of weird to see him in that moment, especially knowing what we know now and everything. There was definitely a nervous energy and I think like a slight smirk. Like it's just all this, I mean, just lying through his teeth. He was lying through his teeth because he's not toothless. He's not. And we bring that up because, Evan, you went to now one of the most iconic charity events, I feel, of all time in L.A., Homeless Not Toothless. Danny, this was my Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> the the Homeless Not Toothless Hollywood Gala hosted by none other than Dorit Kemsley. And it was it was a fun time. I covered the red carpet and I spoke with a few a few of the ladies. I obviously spoke with Dorit. We talked about the charity, but we also talked about how she and Erica made amends after Erica kind of came for her and PK's marriage at BravoCon, which I think I mean, I I don't know how you felt in the moment, but I remember just being so shocked by that because obviously and Erica have been 
really close. I mean, it, reflecting on their Beverly Hills journey, I think sometimes you forget that there was that whole PK oh. drama and the like no underwear and the dress and all that kind of stuff. But they really made an effort to put that behind them pr pretty quickly. And yeah. they've been solid for so long. So then, I don't know, I was kind of worried, like, are these two over? After I know her, her calling it out at BravoCon was, as Dorit would say, turn their relationship into actually the diametrical opposite. <laughs> no, literally, literally though. But she told me that they were able to patch things up and she said that Erica was apologetic for making the comment and okay. we will see that play out on season 13 of Beverly Hills. We've obviously come to the other side. So I'm, I'm pleased to hear that she was saying nice things this time. Speaking of that comment, I did have to say from the footage uh, I watched of you there, PK looked great also. PK did look good. He was honestly, I chatted with him for a little bit and he was, he just seemed like in very great spirits. Like he and Dorit, they walked the carpet together. They looked so adorable and they, they just celebrated eight years of marriage. I think they're in like a really good space. Eight years. That's, that's, you know, one year after seven. So they've made it through that seven year itch and Dorit was telling me that basically it just takes a lot of trust communication and in every her, language yeah <laughs> yes in every language yeah and she uh she and pk are in a good spot she said so Aww. it was great to see well i'm glad Dorit and pk are stronger than ever because another bravo couple that is blowing up uh, i feel like every fan's minds in the best way Corey and sam we're all rooting for them so hard evan we're obsessed with them right Oh my God, obsessed. And especially after chatting with Corey this week, he just could not stop gushing over his relationship with Sam. And he also revealed some pretty spicy stuff about <laughs> their relationship. Like the first time they hooked up, he told us what happened in Montauk. It, uh, sex on the beach? Uh, it's not just a drink, honey. <laughs> okay, Corey Kiefer, we're so excited to have you on the podcast, especially because... This romance with Sam, which Danny and I are so obsessed with, it's finally starting to show up on the show. How are you feeling now that you two are out and about? You don't have to keep it a secret anymore. It must be the best. It is. Well, thank you for having me on my on the show today. I appreciate yes. that. And uh, yeah, it's actually fun and very exciting to let it be known to the public. You know, we we were keeping it a secret to an extent and we didn't know like, you know, once we make it official, we're going to be, you know, in the public eye and now we're gonna you know is all the shit that comes with that so i was a little scared i think more than her but um i'm super super excited and it's been amazing so far so and kind of with your with you being excited but scared of everybody's reaction and of course you're worried about like the public and the viewers reactions was the entire was like all of your summer house crew were they all super excited for you guys because i'm sure i'm assuming they knew before everybody else did too yeah, of course. I mean, like we, we, we've been dating for a while. We just didn't make it like put a title on it. We, you know, we've been dating since, you know, last year, but didn't say, Hey, your boyfriend, girlfriend. So we, we, we've been very uh, close for a while. And so everyone kind of knew anytime I'm in New York, we're out together. And if we go to any event, they're seeing both of us together. So, you know, I think everyone kind of understood, but you know, without saying it. So then when we made it boyfriend, girlfriend, it, nothing changed between us. It was the exact same thing, except now everyone knows about it. So <laughs> what was it like going through the winter house cycle and you're dating Sam, but your flirtations with Jess are playing out on the show. And then you have to talk about Jess in interviews and then keep Sam a secret because she isn't even announced as a cast member yet. What was the, the toughest part of that? And how did you guys work through that? 
So one of the funniest parts, to be honest with you, I don't even know if she's told anyone this, was at BravoCon. You know, I was kind of like still under the radar at BravoCon. So I'm walking around with Sam and people were like taking pictures of me. I'm like, oh my God, Jess. And I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, I'm just a friend. And so it, she took it so well. She didn't get mad about that. Uh, she told me she's never watched Winter House. So we've never we, we've talked very briefly about it but she was like honestly which i praise her for this is saying like i don't want to like have any sort of like ill will feelings to something that you did before you met me i just kind of want to know what is it about sam's personality that you were immediately attracted to because it seems like the parts of herself that she wasn't secure about you love the most yeah i mean and i I think her energy is like what I was attracted to the most. The first day I met her, I was like, of course, this is a beautiful girl. Her eyes, amazing. Those beautiful blue eyes, like was the first thing I was attracted to. But then when we were out, she was just like, we went to like this club that wasn't as fun. And all the girls are kind of like, ah, and then she's over there just like dancing in circles. Like, Hey, like we're having, and I'm like, okay, this girl is like, she doesn't let other things bother her. And she's just very confident in who she is. Now hanging out with, uh, Carl and Lindsay as much as you and Sam do does it kind of inspire those feelings of maybe we should get engaged or take this to the to the next level I mean what what do you think Corey I think you're putting the carriage before the horse right now uh, <laughs> I do that a lot but no it, it's good to see like you know especially like Kyle and Amanda happened like a year and a half ago and then Carl and Lindsay are happening now that TV relationships can be successful and can happen because you know that's it's a different world you know when you make your relationship super public and you do it on a show which is scary and it's like you know so I have a lot of worries on that front but seeing the roadmap of like all right it can be successful you just kind of have to do's and don'ts of what to do it's cool to see that and it, it gives me hope to be like okay if this keeps progressing there is you know there is an easy or not easy but there is a route that can go that we can make it happen so would you be ready to have a little new york life if you and sam are continuing going or do you love your home down south so um i and sam and i talked about this i 100 would move to new york and she knows that the, the only thing that's keeping me from moving to new york right now is like i'm super invested in my gym so like i have gyms and like I don't have a gym in New York yet. No, another thing that she said on the show is that she never wants to lose that sexual tension with you, Corey. Would you say that that honeymoon stage sexual tension, are the vibes still vibing? Is it is it still exciting? Like, where are you at in your relationship in terms of the connection you have? And, and would you say it's still kind of like mirrors the, the, the fury and fire you felt in the Hamptons over the summer? You know, she said only, only knew three words and one of them was vibing. And we are still... <laughs> <laughs> so we we the 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 sexual tension is 100 there on the last episode she did say that you two were going to go to montauk together and it was going to be kind of like this test what happened in montauk obviously you passed the test <laughs> montauk was amazing i first time going to montauk we went to surf lodge it was mm. such a good vibe i don't even know who was playing but it was i think zed's dead or something was playing but it was amazing vibe and it's funny so we hooked up our first time, like officially sealing the deal was on the beach. It was, it was kind of like weirdly romantic. And Carl and Lindsay were there as well. We were all laying on the beach and then like, it's dark and Carl has his music playing. And then we like hear some stuff and they're like, 
we're just going to move down like 50 yards. So we both moved down. We can't see each other. And then, yeah, we kind of, so the first time was on the beach in the moonlight. And wow. Okay. Oh. Nicholas Sparks. That is really? Taylor Swift is going to write a song about y'all. Yeah. We <laughs> set the bar high for each other uh, the first time, but uh, it, it hasn't dropped from that. I mean, that was an amazing time. Uh, and yeah, it just kind of was like, okay, we, we, you know, are romantically compatible too, you know, because sometimes, like she said, you can get the ick after you like hook up and you're like, oh, that wasn't what I liked or it was kind of weird. That 100% was not the case, so. If you loved gossiping with us, and I know you do, then don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Virtual Reality by Page Six. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week.